Hi and welcome to the Frame Your World podcast. I'm your host Leanne and today I'm super excited to be introducing my first guest of 2020, <laughs> not 12, 20. Um, my friend, founder and uh, doctor, GP Elizabeth. Welcome to the podcast today. Uh, Elizabeth is here to share some insight and talk a little bit about wellness and self-care and um, help us uh, learn a little more about her brand, uh, Retreat to Advance. So make sure you grab your coffee, grab your lunch. If you're listening on the walk, plug in. We're going to have just a, a chit chat and invite you along the journey. We want to see you flourish this year and be inspired. So let's get started. Welcome, Elizabeth, to the podcast. This is your first time. Thank you so much for coming along. Thanks um, for inviting me. <laughs> I just thought I'd start off by maybe inviting you to tell us a little bit about yourself, about Retreat to Advance and you know, what you've been up to, what you're passionate about, that kind of idea. All right. Well, thanks, Leanne. So, I'm so proud of what you're doing with um, Frame Your World because um, we've been friends for a while. And I remember having a conversation with you around this idea of inspirational material, you know, framed words. And it's so cool that you've gone ahead and done that. So that's really inspiring to me. And um, thank you for being the kind of friend that um, you can like we can sit down and chat about ideas because you don't, you don't always get that with with friends. So that's uh, I cherish you for that. So thanks a lot for having me along. So for me, uh, Retreats to Advance is like a passion project um, aimed at millennial women. So I want to uh, resource and empower millennial women to flourish from a place of rest. Um, I guess my work by day as a GP just exposes me to the various ways that um, health can be compromised. And yeah. In terms of being a doctor, like my skills are around physical health and mental health mostly. But a lot of times you, you're meeting people and you're realizing that actually their health is influenced by their workplace, their relationships, you know, family dynamics, their finances. So there's all these other things that influence health. Mm -hmm. um, millennials in particular have been labeled the burnout generation. And I think that's coming out of not knowing how to rest well. Yeah. And feeling as if uh, by looking after yourself you're being lazy or you're being self-indulgent so for me retreats to advance is where self-care meets personal development um, and yeah. that's what I'm going to be um, packaging my events my retreats and my resources at that actually you don't have to compromise one on the other and you are your best self when you are well rested it just it's about punctuating your life your busy life you know whatever kind of life you're after with periods of rest that sort of launch you into doing life well yeah that is so good and exactly what we need to hear at the beginning of the year when we're facing a new decade and a new year and having all the lovely pressures that come with that that we sometimes forget to talk about and um so it's really exciting to be i think it's a very timely um time for us to be having this conversation <laughs> um we are yeah like i said we're just kicking off a new year and a new decade and it's such a challenging time for a lot of us because we're still in that transition. Even now, two weeks into January, I find that, you know, normally they say it takes about 21 days to form a habit. And so anyone who's started trying to practice some New Year's resolutions are probably finding it a little bit of a challenge at the moment. And 
I just thought it would be good to take some time to think about, um, to talk about how we could perhaps position ourselves for more better success in, in 2020. And if you had any advice on maybe how to take our dreams and make them flourish. Okay. Um, so yeah, so the new year is like a time of really good, great optimism and people are like really feeling charged up to do something new and to kind of pursue things. So it's a good time to think about, yeah, how to go after your goals, how to form new habits. Um, my advice to people is not really about like the what. It's like, wh why do you want what you want? Why are you going after what you're going after? Because often we can be successful actually in reaching our goals and then realize that it's not something that really brings the fulfillment that we were hoping for totally. so when people are so I kind of like so first of all I wouldn't rush into starting on the 1st of January I think there's time to think about um what exactly you're going after this year so I think it's if, if even if the people that haven't started their resolution or goal setting for the year it's not it's not late at all yeah. I start to think around November December time what do I want to go after in the new year so in a way I've already got a, a list of things that I'm going for um I think the real question is why, like, why do you want what you say you want? Sometimes we are trying to live out other people's expectations for us. Yeah. Um, sometimes we think that if we achieve certain like status symbols, it'll make us feel a particular way. So I think the why is important. Um, so I'd, I'd get people to start with that. And um, I'm, I've been learning, I've been reading um, Atomic Habits by James Clear. And he says that winners and losers have the same goals and you don't rise to the level of your goals. You fall to the level of your systems. Oh, so yeah. <laughs> I think with whatever someone's going for, so if someone has like a fitness goal, like they want to be a particular weight or they want to do a 10K or triathlon, I think it's about more about the lifestyle than about hitting that particular target. Because what happens after you hit that target? Are you not going to run anymore? Are you not going to eat healthy anymore? So sometimes I think maybe the habits are the things to go after, like in terms of the processes and the systems in your life that produce a life that you want. Because like um, what I'm discovering, like with doing retreats to advance is that sometimes actually people are living such busy, pressured lives that yeah. they need to escape. Um, it breaks my heart that um, millennials have been uh, labeled as a generation that are they're dying deaths of distress. So there's like, almost like a spike in mortality for millennials because people, Millennials are dying from suicide. They're dying from um, accidental overdoses of alcohol or drugs. And it's almost like they're trying to escape this life. So I'm trying to, with my brand, um, help people design a life that they love. If you're living a life that you love, you don't need to escape from it. Yeah. You kind of need to be wise about how you live it out. You need to rest well. You need to, um, you know, make sure that you've got the right resources to do it well, but you don't need to constantly escape from it. So I don't know how I got to that. <laughs> I was talking about habits and systems, but yes, it's more about like the systems, like what are you doing consistently? And, and then when you're doing certain things consistently, certain things will just be the result of that. Like if you're eating healthy and you're exercising, you just happen to live at a particular weight or have a particular toned look. It's not going to be this goal that you hit and then sort of miss and then lose sight of it. And then, you set it as a goal again, it'll just be who you are. So yeah. I'm thinking about that, like habits, behavior, identity, rather than just this list of things that I'm trying to chuck off. 
It's so true though, because like we sometimes, if you, I think it's easy to constantly look at the goal and forget how far you've come as well. There's so many flaws with just chasing and setting a goal instead of actually looking at the identity, like you mentioned, um, looking at who you want to become and the habits and working it back to take, okay, so if I want to be that person, then let me work it back. Um, I I love I love this book. I recently found it. I know that we've we share a love for this book. Um, and I think it's uh, definitely one I would recommend anyone listening to check out mm. themselves to um, and know your why exactly. It's so good. So much notes to take already. <laughs> and on the celebration piece, because I think sometimes um, I think people have I, I don't know that there's like a misconception about some people being overnight successes, and I think we're kind of like. Um, looking at things on social media and imagining that people are like an overnight success. But when you kind of have a goal that you're working towards, I think, yeah, like celebrate on the journey. Like don't defer your happiness yeah. until you hit that target. Like you can be happy on your way to happy, you know? Yeah, it's exactly. not like that. Don't punish yourself until you finally attain this thing. And I think it's about kind of, I'm trying to just do that every day. Like just have like a mini champagne moment. It's like, yes. Like I crushed it. <laughs> I did that. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah, last year actually I started bullet journaling, and one of the key staples that I seem to keep every month. Um, it's, a, it's basically a way to organise. For those who don't know, it's a way to organise your um, thoughts and your plans and your goals and your dreams all in kind of one notebook, if you like, in a way that is creative and that works for you. And um, one of the key spreads that I have found so useful is that highlight of the day where I just literally every month I will write down on each line a day of the month. So one to 31. And then every day I try I challenge myself to go in and write something that was a highlight of the day. Wow. Uh, and I find that it's such a good even in the moment of the day, if you're having a bad day, if you can only find, for example, a coffee that you've had. Mm-hmm. It, it helps you shift your perspective a little. That's so good. Like I've been doing, like in the last year, I've been doing gratitude journaling. So oh, every yeah. day I write down th- three things that I'm grateful for. And it kind of feeds contentment. Because I think, so what I'm finding with like a lot of millennial women that I speak to is that yeah. they feel that they're undeserving of happiness because their life isn't what they thought it would look like by the time that they were this age. Yeah. Uh, and then that kind of feeds discontent. But I've been like gratitude journaling. And I think gratitude is like the antidote to discontent because gratitude helps you be content. And mm-hmm. I found that when I started gratitude journaling, I started approaching every day, like just scanning my day for things to be grateful for. And then yeah. that's what you see, right? Because you're looking for it. You expect it. So you see it. And then you you don't really put into focus too much the things that don't go so well, like, you know, people you know like on any given day you're likely to encounter someone that's going to be a bit mean to you you know like you know it's not going to be like a smooth sailing life and that can't be the thing that then gets you down so that's it's a great habit like gratitude so I love it and I want to hear more about your bullet journal I am working to develop a little video so I can show people because I get questions about it a lot now (laughs) but um looking forward to that Mm -hmm. yeah I look forward to sharing it and um yeah I just had the flashing thought in my head, you know, what you focus on, you will grow. Um, definitely think it's something to keep in mind. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, with 
So I know I talk about this topic a lot. Um, if anyone follows my social media channels or any anyone knows me, I talk a lot about um, mental health in today's culture. Um, and I really wanted to touch on it today when I had you here to talk about, you know, we face so many pressures on social media with the culture today, um, the expectations that and the busyness that's put on us. And I just um, felt that we can, certainly in my in, in the millennial generation, and I think even Generation Z and probably above millennials as well, um, baby boomers, Gen, I X. can't remember, Gen, Gen X, X. <laughs> um, should be as well. In fact, I'm pretty sure Gen X will, can relate to this right now, but um, there's a lot of imposter syndrome and self-doubt, especially whether you, you know, uh, for all different types of reasons. And I just wondered if we could maybe speak into a few keys that we could maybe help someone to, you know, equip them to deal with, with self-doubt and imposter syndrome in a better way this year. Okay. So sometimes when you think about the life, about your life and the rules that you function in, um, sometimes there's a bit of a mismatch between what's required from you and what you think you can competently deliver. Uh-huh. Um, and for me, I'm a very driven, ambitious person. So I kind of like to live in a healthy tension that what's required of me I need to grow to fulfill it um, and that can be a good thing and I think people thrive in that like feeling like yeah I'm doing so much well but if I could grow I could deliver so much more I think imposter syndrome sets in when actually that leads to a feeling of overwhelm that so much more is required of you like it's so far out of your comfort zone um, that you have a fear that you're going to get found out for not having the goods to deliver yeah. Um, and then the question, so the question I'd, ask, I'd get someone to kind of reflect on would be, is what are these roles that you're functioning in a complete mismatch for your skill set? Um, or do you need to be very intentional about the skills that you need to deliver? So sometimes it might just be a mismatch. It might just not be the right role for you. It might just not be the right relationship, if that's the case. Um And then if it's a case of insecurity and self-doubt and crisis of confidence, um, some of that can be like with with what we're saying about focus. Are you focusing on your deficits? Are you focusing on the things that you aren't great at? Um, In which case, actually, what are your strengths? Because we all have them. Mm -hmm. Um, I took part in a a program through work this year where we had like a formal strengths finders assessment. And Ah. it's a psychological tool. So it's kind of, I guess, a variant of Maya Briggs. Um, And the psychologist that developed it um, identified strengths. So basically you answer like a whole load of questions. Like it takes maybe like an hour or so to do, but it tells you what your top five strengths are. Right. And and we're quite unique. Like the chance of you and another person sharing the same top five strengths is like, I think it's less than one in 200,000. Like it's super rare. Like we're really, really unique. So if you even approach your roles with the perspective that I find this hard because it's not my strength, but this is, I think if we were strength focused, we could have like a lot more confidence and um, just, just know what we yeah, just, just living in that space of knowing what you're good at and delivering on what you're good at and maybe not cutting yourself up about the things that you aren't great at. I think that can be a fix for imposter syndrome. And that you can buy, is it the book you can buy online that you mentioned? Or? Yeah, you can get it on Amazon or I'm sure even at Waterstones and stuff, but it's called um, Strengths Finder. So the version I have is 2.0. So I have the book, but I also got um, 
paid for to do the assessment. But if you buy the book, you can buy, you can get the assessment and it gives you your strengths finders profile and it yeah. gives you tips for developing your strengths. So it's, it's really good. And then it tells you what kind of personalities you're good to work with because some people kind of invite the strengths finders. Um, it's done by Gallup, I should say. <laughs> <laughs> so we don't get sued. Anyway, it's done by Gallup. Um, and the, yeah, there's people that are strengths finders coach. You can, you can actually hire a strengths coach if you're into that. And sometimes they come and work in companies and they profile everyone and they kind of, they actually even out a lot of workplace tensions because sometimes people don't realize that their strengths can complement each other. Um, yeah, so it's really good. Definitely one to check out people. Um, I think we don't, don't know if we talk about enough about self-reflection, self-awareness. Mm. I think it's so you go through your whole life and not actually fully know or be conscious of, for example, your strengths. And, mm. and maybe if we took some time to do that this year, at the beginning of the year, it would set our lives up, and our, not only our year, but our life up for a whole different track. So definitely, whether it's Maya Briggs or any other strength finder, but definitely I'm going to check this, this, this one out. Um, and I'm probably going to get the book so that I can, um, I can make sure I'm on the right path with my <laughs> It's so empowering. It's so empowering to know what you're good at. And like with retreats to advance, I mean, for me, like, um, I don't know what, I think I sent you some of our promotional stuff. Like the visual is really like um, an archer, you know, like you, an archer withdraws an arrow before launching it. Yeah. Um, so for me, that's the idea. Like sometimes you actually have to go to that space of reflection. You need to pull back and withdraw sometimes because if, if you're in the busy, you don't always have the perspective to see what you could be changing or what you could be doing better. Uh, but if you retreat, then actually you can launch forward and advance in the right direction with intention. So for me, that's actually the, the visual behind my business. But it's actually like the it's the idea. It's the core idea that actually if, that. If, you, if you're in the rat race, you don't have perspective. But if you step back and actually just have an honest think and a moment to reflect, yeah. then you're like, OK, fine, I want to go in this direction. And then just do that with, you know, with power and with intention and with clarity. Yeah, so good. <laughs> I can see it on a board, a billboard now. <laughs> I see it. <laughs> um, so with, at the beginning of the podcast, we talked a little bit, we mentioned rest, um, and I thought it'd be good to maybe talk a little bit about rest and breathing and perhaps, you know, it's an important discipline for us and it should be um, for anyone who wants to achieve anything, because mm. I think we sometimes forget that life is a marathon, not a sprint. And, you know, I just wanted to maybe talk a little bit about wisdom around getting the right rest and what that might look like or uh, any advice and wisdom you have on rest. <laughs> so I guess um, so I'm a practicing Christian. So first of all, um, you know, the first book in the Bible, um, God created the world in six days. Yeah. Then he rested on the seventh. So it's, it's he kind of teaches us how to do life. Like if he had to rest, he's saying something about rest. And then there's commandments to there's a commandment to observe the Sabbath day and to keep it holy. Um, so I think rest is a healthy rhythm of life. Um, I'm still learning in this area because I think sometimes, especially like when I was, you know, when I was uh, earlier in my career, you really don't have a lot of control over your schedule. Yes, yeah. so you are working a lot around the clock. And sometimes when you have days off, you don't automatically switch off. So I think millennials are having trouble kind of unplugging and switching off and actually getting quality rest. Um, I've been reading a book called Sacred Rest. Um, it's by a lady called Sandra Dalton-Smith. 
um, and she's a doctor and a Christian. So she's written from that perspective, like by, from, you know, from both the medical and the faith perspective. Yeah. Um, basically, we need rest in all the areas that we exert ourselves and get depleted. So if your job is physically taxing, you need physical rest. If your job is mentally taxing, you need mental rest. If your job requires you to be creative or the, if the roles that you're functioning in, you know, you could, it doesn't matter about, you know, whether that's being a mom or being a, a dad. If your tasks and your roles require this particular thing, you need to rest in that area. Yeah. Um, and so Sandra Dalton Smith talks about rest being physical, mental, um, emotional, spiritual, social, sensory, and creative. Um, and when I look back at how I maybe haven't rested well in the past, it's I'd, I'd be mentally tired and then sleep and then not be rested because <laughs> I didn't mentally rest. Does that make sense? Yeah. So um, it's, I'm still growing in that area, but I think it's, it's about kind of taking stock of your life and learning what ways you get depleted and how often do you get depleted in those ways. So I'm trying to kind of like work out um, a work and rest structure. Yeah. And for me, for me, what's working now, I, I'm kind of like trying to manage the energy flow in my week. Yeah. Um, I've been listening to Craig Grishel's leadership podcast and he has it down to a science, like he's nailed and hacked his schedule, <laughs> which I love. So because um, you kind of you kind of sometimes there's some things that you can predict. You kind of know that you're going to be doing this on a Monday. You're going to be doing that on a on a Wednesday. And so I'm trying to kind of do a, a schedule of my life where I know that I'll have I'll be at peak concentration these hours of these days yeah. um, and I can and then I can do like the hard work of maybe decision making like the stuff that requires that much out of me and then yeah. these other periods will kind of be downtime so maybe I can kind of do the mundane stuff like I won't be high energy but I'll have enough alertness to you know like knock out my you know whatever like with a boring mundane task then that's the time to do it and yeah. then if I'm if I'm listening to a podcast, it might be a good time to clean up my house. So I'm just trying to like work out my my rhythm and my day and just try and manage that well. Uh, but I know that I need I, for me like one day a week when I kind of just absolve myself of responsibilities that are less pleasant. I just take that, and it doesn't mean that I'm always I'm, it doesn't mean that I'm sitting around doing nothing. But I'll do things that I know fulfill me so it might be that I'll have a, a coffee date with a friend because that'll you know that'll that'll relax me I might do like a difficult hike yeah. but for me that's restful because it's not I'm, I'm taking a break like I know I'm mentally taking a break so yeah so that's worth a few tips yeah, I, I guess and James clearly talks about ha ha habit stacking <laughs> yes uh-huh and I and I was actually um yeah, I was actually talking about to a few people this week that I've started this thing called Out of Power, where I take a couple of the key passions and tasks that I really want to make sure are a staple part of my day. So for me, that'll be reading for 20 minutes, uh, 20 minute devotional in my Bible, because my faith is important to me. And then I'll do um, a five minute workout and then I'll do... Um, a 20 a 15 minute um period in my bullet journal and the really the idea behind it is not necessarily looking at the quantity but looking at the quality and making sure those habits are in so um yeah it's just one of the ways that i'm trying to build in that um to my own life but it's so a work in progress but it's really good and i highly recommend listening to craig leadership's podcast on energy management because it's 
just um, insightful. That's I try. Cool. He talks a lot about about um, a strategy where he looks at <clears throat> just as you said to create. To he decides his task and to create, decide, decide, and to do. Yes. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> and I, I actually like how you 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 put it. Uh, well Elizabeth because I think I took that literally and made it into this I had to fit into this box but really it, the, it's looking at the key heart behind it as you said to look at you know where are you at your peak what works for you and and how can that fit fit in your day and your week um, rather than me trying to follow a strategy that copies what has been successful for someone else because I think that's um so good to be inspired by and some people it will work for and some people they might just need to make a tweak and um, so I love you be how you beautifully put that together. Um, I, love, I love how you're doing the power of power because basically you're casting it's like what James K was saying about casting a vote for the identity that you want so like in one hour like you're casting a vote for your um, exercise identity for your like writing identity for like your reading identity that that's so cool and like once that hour is done like I'm sure you feel like a buzz the rest of the day I'm guessing because you've done like, you know, what, what you're aiming to do yeah I mean I think I was so excited the other night the first night I, I started which was Monday a few days ago um two days were now on Wednesday so three days ago and I had such a buzz I was awake to like a little later than I should have been because I was just feeling energized mm -hmm. but you know at the same point I went uh, home yesterday and I to do my hour of power and it was a bit later than um the previous night and I didn't really feel like it but then I just reminded myself you know for example I needed to read but I was tired and I was like you're a reader and instead of picking up the tv and watching some kind of reality tv show that sometimes i like to watch because it helps me switch off mm -hmm. um i just decided to pick up the book and so you know i'm fully aware i'm also very aware that there's going to be a process to embed this habit i love um dr caroline leaf who is a scientist and she does a lot of work around mental health and in, in the um psychology and nutrition and and she was talking about in her book about it takes I think it's 61 or 64 days to create a habit so mm. it takes about 21 days to embed it so mm. I, I'm, I'm going into it this time just really aware that I'm going to have to push through and mm. I think it's so easy to fall she talks about how around day 11 most people usually give up because mm. uh, they haven't mentally prepared themselves to to um expect and manage their expectations you know about that would encourage them enough to keep going mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but yeah <laughs> and I guess like even if you fall off the horse so to say it's just about kind of going back really I think sometimes when people are like trying to embed like an exercise habit and like you have a day when you don't go and then you're just like oh I'll just give up altogether but actually yeah. it's like yeah you had a bad day like do it the next day you know what I mean like don't don't give it up just because that day was hard it's about yeah. pushing through it's, Push like, it's, about, it's about, about it being a marathon and not a sprint definitely mm -hmm. perspective so I wondered in that note if you had a word or a phrase or a focus that you have for yourself for 2020 
So in 2020, I'm just, I'm, okay, so I'm trying to, I'm, I'm doing, I'm not trying, that's the wrong language. That's what James Clear says not to say. <laughs> in 2020, I'm doing Today Well. Um, I'm reading a book called Today Matters by John Maxwell. Um, and he talks about how like yesterday is gone. You can't change that. Mm -hmm. um, tomorrow is not here yet. Um, but you have today. Uh, and doing today, I'm trying to beat well, actually, I am beating a procrastination habit. <laughs> and I kind of like realize that sometimes I'll have like a stretch of a couple of difficult days because I put off doing something for like three months and then now I have a marathon to do it. Um, so that's my focus now to do today well. Um, and then just trying to be a bit more intentional. So I'm thinking about the year ahead. Uh, but I'm also thinking in terms of the next week, the next month, the next three months. Um, to figure out in advance what I need to do for those things to flow well. Um, and yeah, so that's that's my, I wouldn't call it like a word, but it's like my focus for the year. And that just kind of like lines up with the fact that maybe like, I'd like to, my life to look a particular way on the 31st of December, 2020. So yeah. if I break that up, what am I, what, is that, what does that look like in terms of what I'm doing today to get there? Yeah. And it kind of simplifies a lot of things because it just kind of makes certain decisions really easy. Um, it's like, well, yes, that's, I'll absolutely do that <laughs> because that's totally in line with what I'm after. And then other things are like, oh, that's just not, it's not for me, you know. So that's, I'm not, that's not going to go on my schedule because that's just not what I'm about. So I think that's also really key. A large part of being able to hone in on what you spend your time with this year and what you um, give your energy to, because yeah, if you, we are not um infinite beings where we have abundance of energy and abundance of time and mm. and i guess it's about being effective and looking at what we've been talking about today self-awareness and identity and making sure we've got habits that we want to get us and place a vote to where we want to go mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. there's so much gold in this chat elizabeth i absolutely love it please <laughs> come back on <laughs> Have me, have me over. I've also been like um, unplugging. I've, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm doing like a digital declutter in January. So I've been uh -huh. off my apps for like about 17, 18 days. Like I'm off Instagram, Twitter, all of that. And it's just really helping me like spark creativity. And part of that is just to get an idea. Actually, like I just woke up, no, like last night I was um, thinking about like what kind of content to produce. And I feel like when I'm, when I'm being bombarded with all these images and ideas, um, yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't allow my creative juices to flow. So yeah. I'm also. I'm also doing that. But now I kind of like have. I like. I now know what I'm gonna produce, right? Because <laughs> I've decluttered, <laughs> or I'm decluttering. So, and it's it's freed up so much time. I have so much time now because I'm not scrolling mindlessly. <laughs> so I have like all this time. <laughs> feels so. I bet. I bet that feels so good though. Like you're free of thought, free of the. We, sometimes you don't realise until you're out of it like I, I haven't done it long enough yet so work in progress for me as well but I feel so inspired by that like just time to switch off and a lot of the time I find that we underestimate what it takes to get to where we want to go you know people who write books or who make movies they didn't get there by spending their time watching other people 
make their own TV shows and make movies. Yes, they were inspired by it, and at some point, there's a, and that's the thing, there's a season and a time, mm. and, a, and the, there was a season and a time where they grew up watching films or videos, and then they were inspired to be able to create. They perhaps had the skills, they went and perfected the skills, and it's about that knowing your craft and perfecting your craft. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, I think, certainly in the millennial um, generation, Gen Z, I've identified that we really sometimes miscounting the cost you know of getting from a to b yeah yeah actually um it's like we've said through the podcast it's not a marathon it's not a sprint it's a marathon yeah Uh, so that digital declutter i i feel will be something we should all take up on this year because I think we said um, in a conversation we've had before, Elizabeth, that, um, you know, Mal Fletcher, who is a TV presenter, media expert, futurist, he mm-hmm. talks about how social media is a great tool, but mm-hmm. a, a terrible master. Mm-hmm. Talking about social media because I think it's such a prominent part in all of our lives, the phones, mm-hmm. as um, Elizabeth mentioned, you know, were designed to mm-hmm. uh, be not just in our pockets but in our hands you know spending time on these platforms and so we're we've got to um, harness the the mm. tool for what, and see it for what it is so i'm a bit of um, i'm a psychology geek i love learning about how the mind works and like yeah. i read a lot of caroline leaf because she's a woman of faith as well she's a christian and she's a cognitive neuroscientist so yeah. the, thing with, the thing with social media and how we're using it at this point in time is that it's kind of hijacking our brain chemistry. So our smartphones used to be in our back pocket, but now they're constantly on our hands because we're looking for that dopamine rush that comes from the likes, the replies or whatever, the followers. Um, And for me, I just uh, feel like I want to be in control of my mind, if that makes sense. Um, So with my declutter, what I've realized is that when I pick up my phone and scroll, like sometimes I'm trying to escape or distract myself from something, but then I kind of go in a hundred, like in five minutes, you could have seen someone's new baby, someone's new puppy, funny cat video, um, someone's had a bereavement, um, some triggering political article. It's like, it's just not healthy. <laughs> it's like in five minutes, your mind goes in all these different directions. Yeah. And then, um, you know, like I'm, I'm a millennial and I'm like, and like my friends, like the people that I'm, you know, like do do life with, we're not big on social media. Like we all have accounts and stuff, but we catch up by talking and like meeting up. So in that way, I'm able to kind of, it's not like a domineering part of my, I, don't, I can't even tell you how many Instagram followers I have. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Um, <laughs> so, but I sympathize like with people for whom that's like a bigger part of life. So for me, it's about... I don't want my mind to be hijacked. I want my mind to be the thing that I'm doing a lot of different things with. I don't want to feel like I'm living for this dopamine rush that's making some people in Silicon Valley rich. It's like, well, yeah, like, like I'll, I'll use it, you know, to keep in touch with people that are maybe a bit further away that I can't see every day and just to show them what my life's looking like. But yeah, but I don't want to be um, some dopamine hit junkie that doesn't get anything else done. So yeah, I like that stuff about it being a good a good tool, but a terrible master. So I'm kind of like weeding off that. And like um, Cal Newport wrote a book called Dig- Digital Minimalism. And he kind of goes into what happened in Silicon Valley to make um, social media profitable for some people. And that's kind of been to our detriment. And we're kind of, you know, like, especially like with Gen Z, we're seeing like 
spiking rates of anxiety and depression. And yeah. it's all around this like cyberbullying. It's all around just that whole part of life being a validation. Yeah. And I, I think um, it's not it's not meeting our need for social connection, which we have as human beings. It's just not doing that. Um, and I'm just grateful that I I think I do life with people who I affirm and who affirm me. So when I pick up my phone, I'm not looking for that validation. I'm not looking for, I'm, I'm not broadcasting my life, first of all, like in a way that, you know, look at me, look at what I've got or whatever. So that's, so for me, that protects me because I, then I don't care about anyone's opinion about what I'm doing or not doing. So, and if you're doing life with people, then you actually don't need people to witness you doing life with people. Just, you know, I don't know. So it's, I think Gen Z's do it differently. Like I interact with Gen Z's and stuff and I'm like, oh, wow, you guys are, you're in a different place. But I think someone who's struggling with that can just kind of maybe try a digital declutter. It could even just be for, I'm doing it for like about a month, but you could even do it for less and then just see how you feel. Like just when when the panic's over about the fear of missing out, just stop and feel about, like just stop and think about how you feel. Because I'm just feeling so so rested. I'm just feeling so um, unplugged from the const- constant comparison. And, you know, you're, compa- you're comparing like your everyday life to someone's staged highlight reel like some instagrammers have professional photographers following them around they have makeup artists doing their makeup like of course you look great (laughs) you know of course we could all have that that would be great (laughs) i'd look great if i had that (laughs) so so that's that's what works for me like i'm it's it's it's, for me it's just not and but i guess it's because i guess like we're like i'm the kind of millennial who grew up like with dial-up networking, like, gee, like, you know how it just used to ring? So I've been there, like, and then, like, before the digital radios happened, I remember that, like, I remember, you know, so I don't feel that my life is completely digital. I have a paper diary. Yeah. You could, do you remember, like, you used to be able to go and make a sandwich when the dial-up tone to the internet was happening? Yeah. You had a fire, and, oh... <laughs> you could basically do a lot while you're just waiting to connect and then even when you connected everything was so slow you know like it took like five minutes for a page to load so I think okay so that's our our thing right but I kind of because I do life with a lot of Gen Z's so I kind of want to um, be sympathetic to where they are mm-hmm. um, even though I'm kind of like wow I'm just so glad that I'm, I'm not there I'm so glad that um, that's not required of me like my friends don't need I'll, I'll just I'll, I'll pick up the phone and I'll call them that's what that's what we do <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I also want to sometimes I want to kind of encourage Gen Z's. Like I don't like I don't always have that platform, but if I could, I would probably want to encourage them also to look at their why and to why they want to do something because I feel like it seems a lot of their um, motivation comes out of the the pressure that society and culture and social media can put on them. Mm. And then also and, and that's why it's so important to like, for example, know our strengths and stuff. But also feel like the not all that that would be too broad a brush to to to, to suggest at all. Um, but I do feel that it is also the possibility that some people will relate to wanting um, wanting to be at B before they're even being at A. Like mm-hmm. the, for example, in my career, I work as a social media manager for a publisher. And, you know, working in social media can seem like quite a kind of glam job to some. And they think a lot of people have this perception as well that uh, I just literally sit on Facebook and Twitter and that's not what I do. But, um, 
usually if they're outside of marketing. But yeah, there's this kind of, I've learned a lot on my journey and my professional career that there's some things you can learn in college and university and online and in a book. And there's some things that only come with time and experience. So I find often there's this kind of pressure that they need to be either YouTube and certainly in my, my profession, they need to be a YouTube tuber or they need to be this big influencer or they need to be a manager and have some kind of status and title where, you know, with status and title, for example, of a manager or, you know, a CEO comes with a whole lot of things, problems, hidden tasks, hats and pressures that, you know, there is a time and a place mm. and sometimes it's just that pace. Um, but that's a very side rant or... <laughs> that's why like with the words, like with, with retreats to advance, I'm trying to just um, do events where people actually just meet up, like face to face, like meetups. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would like to have an online presence and have content that's easily accessible. Yeah. But like um, the launch event that we had was a conversation and the, the speakers were just really transparent about their lives. And I think it just takes that to kind of see that there's, to kind of just get behind the gloss of these success stories and see that actually it was work, it was time, it was it was process. It yeah. wasn't overnight success. So, yeah. so tell us Elizabeth, what is next for Retreat to Advance this year? All these good things, but is there, do you have any, will there be another workshop or event? So I will be doing a financial literacy event. I've already lined up the guests. I'm just looking for the speakers. So that will be uh, mid to late March. Um, and I am looking for collaborators to do um, brunch and workout sessions. So that will kind of be combining like the physical piece with um, a bit of socializing and Prosecco. <laughs> If anyone's listening and they think they can collaborate and be that partner with Elizabeth, then do get in touch. Yeah, and so hit me up. I'm on Instagram on at retreats to advance. Yeah. Um, I'm built, working on the website, which is retreats to advance.co.uk. I'm on Twitter uh, at Liz Chege. That's C for Charlie, H for Hotel, E for Echo, G for Golf, E for Echo. Um, and I'm on LinkedIn as Elizabeth Chege. Yeah. Amazing. It's so helpful. So thank you so much, Lem, for coming on and sharing and having a chat. Um, Thanks for having me. I love how you say flourish. Say it, say it again. Flourish. Love it. Love it. <laughs> that is my heart and dream for everyone that we will flourish this year. <laughs> and how that looks for you. <laughs> cool. Scottish accent. <laughs> so much on the inside. <laughs> I really am. You know, I just also want to say, uh, Elizabeth, this this amazing friend here is uh, one of the main inspirations for me actually starting from your world. When I was uh, looking for a present and I was in London and it was a bit of a challenging time, I, I was making a gift and it was for this this beautiful friend right here. And yeah, it, it you made it. I made a gift. I think I managed to come up with a inspirational quote and a frame and that really paved the way for me to create frame your world i still have your frames i love it i didn't realize that you made it that's I so guess. cool that's so cool I, it. Um, <laughs> I really appreciate i love to inspire so i was really i really appreciate um you coming on and we can help inspire the generation together so 
if have a um if you like the podcast make sure you share make sure you follow come leave us a comment um you've got a link elizabeth's um profiles in the comments and around wherever you might find this and make sure you come say hi and let us know what you think what what did you get from today's podcast we'd love to chat to you and connect and until then have a great day take care bye